Hi everybody, it's Richard Zwicky on The Green Peak. And joining us this week, we have Benedict and Jacob Sons with the Kensativa Group. Welcome aboard, gents. Hi, thanks to be here. So, you know, for our listeners' benefit, Kensativa Group is a German-based um, organization in, uh, obviously, in Europe that recently raised $15 million with a mandate to become the largest medical cannabis distributor in Germany, um, both as it expands and as it enters into the recreational market. This is your B round. Um, so how, how has the business developed over the last few years? And I know, you know the German market is one that is of keen interest to everybody who's in the uh, global cannabis trade. Yeah, so over the last few years, we uh, really came into a, a very well position in the market. We have the biggest product portfolio. We are the leading multi-brand importer and distributor in the German market. So when you say you have the largest portfolio, do you mean the largest range of project, products? Or Because I know people like to talk about distribution as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we have the biggest um, product portfolio product range that uh, pharmacies can buy directly from just one uh, partner, which is the Kansativa Group. Um, and in addition to that, actually, we are the exclusive partner of uh, the um, Federal um, Republic of Germany on uh, the distribution of cannabis from domestic cultivation. Fantastic. Now, you know, your mandate is to become the the Amazon for cannabis in Europe. And that's a lofty goal. How are you planning on going about the this? So in our uh, vision, uh, it is all about enabling uh, cannabis in general for everyone um, who is interested and who's eligible to engage in this industry. And um, if we take this comparison to, to Amazon, I think um, what is most important about us is that we not only um, are a um, B2B marketplace, but we offer many different solutions around our core, which is um, obviously bringing products um, from supplier to, to retailers. Um, but uh, we, um, uh, as, as a group today, and um, we will focus on, on, on this in future for the recreational market as well, um, uh, foster um, the ability of our partners to initially engage, engage with the industry. So we tear down all barriers that are there um, to trade products in a highly regulated market. and. Um, as uh, you, if you want to start a general e-commerce business, um, we'll go to uh, Amazon and list your products, start um, fulfillment by Amazon. Um, you can come to Kansativa uh, and uh, have the products warehoused um, in, in our warehouses under controlled uh, conditions, uh, start distribution as a service um, provided to you. And we um, very much take care of all the regulated uh, and complicated stuff so that our business partners on all sides can focus on what is most important for them, either building a brand, um, moving products uh, in, in high scale, or just have a very smooth and easy procurement process for the point of sale. Yeah, and you know, lo the logistics side of the industry is one where, which is constantly a challenge. And of course, your focus today is on B2B, but as it gets into recreational and the market opens up, do you also get into B2C? 
So we consider ourselves as a um, clearly B2B focused platform. So um, our um, key client um, on um, the, the, the end of the supply chain will be the point of sale. So um, as the, the legal framework not yet is established, uh, we don't know exactly how things will be in the recreational ecosystem, but it is most likely that we will have brick and mortar stores. So that um, it, it is from our point of view, um, uh, the, 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 um, our position will be to supply those um, point of sales that actually then take care of uh, handing over the products to the customer. And this will be, um, from the lawmaker's perspective, very important uh, to have this direct touch point between the licensed dispensary and the consumer, because this is where all the um, uh, prevention work starts, where youth protection uh, is installed, so that uh, actually the, the legislator can make sure that all uh, what he's aiming on for this uh, liberaliz liberal liberalization uh, will be taken care of. And um, this is very important to, to understand that um, th this, this is the, the, the reason for, for us to be focusing very much on, on the B2B side of the deal. Well, absolutely. And having the secure uh, supply chain also allows better uh, compliance and transparency for all of the participants, be it the government regulators, the pharmacies that you're dealing with, and of course, the consumer as well, because they'll have much better visibility into the, the origin of the product and every step until which it was handled. Yeah, that's uh, absolutely right. And I think this is um, what, what it is uh, all about. We have to make sure as an industry that um, the consumer will get a, um, a product of a very high quality, um, a safe product, uh, and that we take care of a very differentiated product portfolio so that actually he will find whatever he's looking for and uh, is not uh, yeah, like flooded uh, with poor quality products from um, uh, non-reliable sources. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, th th this, this, this will be, I think, a major challenge. Uh, it's not only about price, but about um, the highest product quality, reliable and uh, yeah, trusted supply chains. Trust is trust is huge, and you know, with the association with the um, with the regulators and the Federal Institute for Drugs and Medical Devices in Germany, um, you know that that ties in very nicely. Now, of course, you know Germany's been an always interesting market, and it's it's still very nascent vis-a-vis uh, -vis many of the other markets in the world. But people do see it as being, you know, it always is the engine for Europe, but it also is from a population perspective. And as it really opens up with the adoption it becomes one of the largest markets in the world. But one of the limitations that, you know, comes into play everywhere, and Germany's no exception, is phys uh, physician education programs. And you're dealing with the pharmacies, but for the pharmacies to be able to distribute enough product, they need to have the doctors writing the prescriptions. And for the doctors to write the prescriptions, they need the information to know what are they writing the prescription for and what do they prescribe for particular conditions. How are you addressing that? So I think, uh, first of all, we um, can observe that in the medical cannabis system, some things are different uh, than uh, for other um, medicines or drugs. Um, first of all, the patients are very well educated because they are very interested and they want to exactly know uh, what could be the right product. Um, oh, they are absolutely, like in most markets the patients are educating the doctors. Yes. But the doctors still is... want the documentation after. Yeah, right. So, uh, but but first of all, we see that um, the, the initial 
um, uh, startup uh, or startup for a therapy is is almost um, um, every time initiated by the patient. Um, secondly, we see that the the pharmacist in uh, the medicinal cannabis ecosystem is more important than for other drugs because he knows what products are available, um, what different products um, are out there in, in, in the market. And so he's a, a very important um, source of information for the physician. So we see that via the patient, which is not really a stakeholder of our communication because uh, it is um, uh, very complicated to get into touch um, un under the, the um, uh, med med medical laws here. But the uh, pharmacist is um, the, 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 the gateway um, for our communication towards uh, the physician. And um, what we see um, from on, on um, the side of the suppliers and the manufacturers, which are working with us mm -hmm. for the distribution part, they have um, the sales force uh, on the ground. Um, they have the representatives that are visiting the doctors. Um, they are drafting reports um, on studies and uh, they do really um, the medical education that is necessary. Um, but what we now observe since the, the government has decided to liberalize cannabis is that this, the stigma is somehow uh, diminishing a bit so that people, uh, especially the physicians are now seem now to be uh, a bit more open in general because they um, uh, have a higher acceptance of the product in general this this this, this should be uh, a bit um, uh, um, surprising because uh, we are talking about a liberalization for recreational use and this this shouldn't be affecting a therapeutic decision but still um, as this is a a question of um, the the society in general we see that um, this is a, a clear motivation for uh, physicians to um, think about cannabis as a therapeutic uh, option. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think the awareness is is growing by leaps and bounds in every market, um, no question. And for those of us who have been involved in the industry for quite a while, sometimes it's uh, hard to remember how little some others actually know and understand about it. But, you know, I'd like to come back to a bit more about that after we have to take a short break. But we'll be back with Benedict and Jacob Sons from the Cansativa Group. I'm Richard Zwicky on The Green Peak. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. And we're back on The Green Peak with Benedict and Jacob Sons from the Cansativa Group. And, and gents, you know, um, before the break, we were talking about uh, physician education and the, how, the role of the um, pharmacist that, that are going to play in this and your relationship with those groups. But, you know, one of the things that, of course, keeps coming up and we had another uh, guest on from Germany just recently, is uh, the process by which the government in Germany will follow towards legalization. Because everybody expects it, everybody expects there to be a change in the mandate, but how we're going to arrive there is a, an open question. What are your thoughts? So we expect that um, <clears throat> changing the overall system will be um, a major project of the lawmaker. And I think uh, there will be still some um, preparation work to do. And um, as we um, are facing uh, international um, um, political and, and um, health crisis still, um, it will be a um, major challenge to get the focus on, on this project. But once this is um, there, once uh, the, the Ministry of Health will actually start uh, working on the bill, uh, we assume that uh, it is realistic to have a, a final law passed uh, within uh, 24 months 
once they started. And um, in, in our assumption, um, it will be a system, and this is um, what, what is written down in the coalition agreement of the government, that will involve licensed uh, dispensaries so that we have a clear separation between a, a medical market and the recreational market. However, um, it could be still the case that uh, pharmacies as well could apply for such a license so that uh, you have a separation of the markets, but still um, maybe the same stakeholders uh, involved. And um, if uh, we take um, a look on, on what has been discussed uh, in the past, um, it is uh, from our perspective very likely that um, the, um, the overall rules, uh, especially relating to storage, uh, security uh, frameworks uh, and product quality that apply to medicinal cannabis will be um, adapted or, or um, put on recreational um, cannabis as well. So for the, the um, inner um, um, German and uh, domestic uh, trade and, and cultivation, maybe this like as a uh, initial uh, framework. So, you know, your thought about it, that it's going to take two years, that's, I don't think that's unrealistic based on, you know, what we've seen in most countries. I know some people believe it's going to take a year from when the government actually announces the the kickoff. And that kickoff, you know, I've heard uh, some think it's going to happen as soon as July. Others think it's going to take till January. Regardless if it's January or July, you know, that'll take us into close to 2025 before the real market opens up there. What happens in between? Um, so maybe I, I start uh, with some um, more details on what has to be done before mm -hmm. the kickoff in terms of preparing the um, legalization. And then Benedict maybe can elaborate a bit more on the on the medical um, market that, that that still be there and, and is here to stay as well. Um, so what, what um, will be necessary, uh, and I think that's why it will take time, is that uh, we have to align not only on that uh, legalization shall happen and that uh, there will be um, a, a federal law uh, framing this, but we have to work on quality standards. We have to work on the administrative uh, procedures that are necessary because uh, in Germany we have um, a federal um, body and we have the state authorities that uh, will be involved in the supervision of um, recreational cannabis most likely. And we have the cities and uh, the um, municipals um, being involved in um, granting licenses, um, having um, focus on um, like the, the construction side of it. So um, in Germany, it is quite complicated to just open any kind of business because um, you need not only the license to operate the specific business, but there is uh, licensing um, for um, construction works and so on. And all those um, um, dimensions will be affected um, and uh, there will be some, some um, discussions around it as well. So we have to... Um, break down the federal system that um, will certainly uh, be be defined and uh, break it down into all those different steps necessary and prepare for uh, administrative um, work that then will involve um, many different uh, bodies. And this will be um, a, a major uh, preparatory uh, step and pathway uh, necessary to implement quality standards and the everyday uh, supervision um, uh, on the, the, the lowest base uh, of the cities um, and, and regions. Yeah, and maybe when it comes to the question, what happens until that moment in time when uh, Germans can buy 
um, adult use cannabis mm -hmm. in hopefully 2024, but maybe 2025. I believe the medical cannabis market continues to play quite a significant role. If we, for example, look into the last few years, there was like year by year, almost a doubling of the volumes that were actually brought into the market. Um, in 2021, for example, there was a medical cannabis market of around about 15 metric tons, which is compared to the uh, amount uh, of uh, 2020 uh, okay. of uh, 10 metric tons, quite also some uh, increase. And we expect this um, further growth uh, also in the next few years. So I think this is a good message for the industry and uh, also the acceptance of medical cannabis as a therapy is significantly growing. And for that, we have some less stigmatization uh, within uh, the society, which will also be a very important factor once we have adult use cannabis available. Right. No, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned the growth that has already happened in Germany. One of the things that's been noted by, you know, many is, it still is heavily dominated by flour. In the products that you're dealing with and the companies you're dealing with uh, to manage distribution as well, do you see that changing in the near future? So first of all, I totally agree. Um, it is still a very, very flowers kind of market. Yes. And even within the flower segment, we see that the high THC potency products are more relevant than any other products. Mm -hmm. um, with regards to a change from like the flower segment over to extracts oils or maybe isolates, we see that this change happens, but it's quite slow. Uh, actually, the industry uh, here in, in Germany is talking about this shift for like three years already, but yep. it didn't really start. So I see that at least the flower segment continues to grow and it has a quite high volume already. And the extracts especially, they are starting at a significantly lower volume or unit uh, size in total and have a bit uh, uh, higher growth rates. But uh, it's far away from uh, discussing catching up uh, the, the uh, flower segment. Yeah, and you know, that, that growth, it's... What you're saying is, I think, absolutely correct. And it's, I remember reading a lot of uh, bank reports over the last few years, um, you know, going back three, four years ago. And by today, they expected that um, extracts specifically used for vape, uh, vaping and then uh, tinctures would be at least double the flower market and that consumers would shift over from one to the other much more rapidly. That hasn't happened at all. It's uh, been quite stunning and it's interesting to see, you know, and listen when you're looking at it, because of course you're having to plan the product mix that you're going to be working with your customers around that you see it also taking a few more years. Yeah, absolutely. And what is also quite interesting, I mean, we already mentioned flowers and also extracts as uh, key segments. However, I also mentioned isolates. So like yes. Dronabinol, which is actually quite popular in Germany because it was like firstly prescribed as mm -hmm. a, a therapy option in like the late 90s, beginning of right. 2000s. And this market was kind of big 
with um, like almost just one player dominating the market for almost 15 or even 18 years. Yep. And now there is a heavy competition within this market with a lot of price pressure, almost ruining, ruining the whole market from the business perspective. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, is that because, you know, before it was a sole provider who had a monopoly and was making incredible margins? Or is it because, you know, the, the more competition is just allowing more development and people, consumers to see more options as a whole? And I think more competition always will bring price, you know, price to a more reasonable uh, level. But volumes are increasing to offset it. You don't have to sell as much to still make those profits. You don't have to sell it for as much because you're selling larger quantities, I think is probably the better way to phrase it. Um, we do have to take another break, um, Benedict and Jacob, but we'll be back on the Green Peak in just a minute with Benedict and Jacob's sons from the Ken Sativa Group. I'm Richard Zwicky. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. And we're back on the Green Peak with Benedict and Jacob Sons from the Cansativa Group. And gents, you know, as you look forward to where the business is today and where it's going tomorrow, um, you're working with a lot of the producers um, to help them with distribution. And your, your model is to really continue increasing that. And ideally, and you know, from perspective, you're going to become the dominant distributor, allowing companies to have great visibility into where the product is, where it's going, and everybody in the supply chain to have that similar transparency. And others will, you know, are going to have to follow that same model in perspective of transparency and compliance. How many producers are you working with today? And where do you hope this is going to be in the next couple of years as the market expands? Yeah, so uh, at the moment, we have um, over 30 suppliers mm -hmm. um, that teamed up and are connected to our Kansativa platform. This sums up to over 400 SKUs within the medical cannabis product space. And we really get the products from around the globe, from Canada, Denmark, Spain, Portugal, like literally from, from everywhere. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to uh, like the size or growth of our platform, um, we're talking about a tons volume that we are already um, shipping to pharmacies um, uh, within the last year. Uh, and by the way, we are the distribution monopolist on cannabis from domestic cultivation, which is just uh, a on its own a 2.6 tons on an annual base that we um, ship into the German pharmacies on behalf, on behalf of the, the German Bay Farm. Uh, and with regards to like our outlook, our key goal is to partner up with everyone who wants to be engaged in the cannabis market in Germany and Europe. So every new supplier that is uh, interested and eager to participate in the German ecosystem Uh, should be connected to um, our platform because on the demand side, like downstream, we have a very, very huge customer base already. We have uh, probably uh, the most um, pharmacies as customers uh, in the market. That I was are going actually... to ask, how many, are, how many do you work with? Do you know or... Yeah, absolutely. So to give you just a, a bit of perspective, there are in Germany around 18,000 pharmacies 
yeah. out of those 18,000 pharmacies, around about three, maybe three and a half thousand pharmacies are regularly dealing with medical cannabis. So this is just a portion. It's a complex product, et cetera, et cetera. And we are almost having uh, all of them, like most of them uh, as our um, customers. Right. So about one in six um, pharmacies, one in 5.5 pharmacies are dealing in medical cannabis. You deal with almost all of them. Um, and you, you started mentioning, um, you know, you've got 30 suppliers. How much tonnage does that represent? How many kilos were actually going flowing through the platform last year? Yeah, so like the exact figure um, of last year is something where I'm a, a bit, um, yeah, uh, not it happy to provide that, that, that figure. That's fine. But, but, but what I can share is that we're talking about hundreds of kg uh, on a monthly base. Um, right. And obviously, we are talking about uh, significantly more than a ton uh, for the last year. So we have quite a good market share um, of those 50. Tons uh, in the last year, and uh, would consider ourselves as really uh, the key, key player in the market. Sure, no, no, of course. When you have you know that many suppliers and dealing with almost all of the endpoints for distribution, you definitely have a a huge footprint. And you know, it would strike me that even producers who are entering the market or operating in the market, and as recreational opens up and people open up dispensaries, you're going to be working side by side with producers who are going to be distributing directly and through yourselves because you're going to have that distribution channel and inventory as things as you know different producers have and don't have current stock is that part of your philosophy um you, you mean having um or partnering up with the suppliers that uh, have uh, direct sales and that use us as, as a platform? Well, they'll use you as a platform, but also, you know, those suppliers will have products coming available that they may have direct sales to, especially as adult use opens up to the dispensaries. But other times they're not going to have new product um, available, but you're going to have it in your supply chain. So do you expect to work in partnership to help uh, manage those inventory highs and lows with companies that are also selling directly, or do you are you trying to keep them all separate? No, um, we are we're actually not um, separating uh, them uh, or uh, keeping those streams uh, separate. I think it's it's very important, and we see this in the medical um, uh, ecosystem right now that um, supply is not as steady as as everyone um, would love. So mm -hmm. it is um, ha has improved over the last few years, but it will definitely will be a problem in the um, recreational world once this starts. And, Absolutely. Uh, yes. Um, our key aim is to serve um, the the market, so either the patient or the consumer market, and whatever um, uh, works best um, uh, will will be uh, our purpose as a company to provide the product, and uh, we would uh, therefore uh, not um, discriminate someone uh, only because he has direct sales. So uh, yes, um, our our aim is to to ensure that product is at the point of sale, and this is this is our key goal. Right. No, of course, that's that's excellent. So, you know, we are going to have to wrap up, but producers who are looking to enter into the German market, who are looking to find distribution and really, you know, looking to overcome a lot of the hurdles that come with trying to break into a new market, how should they reach out to you? And, um, you know, what's the best way to contact you? 
I think it always depends on where exactly um, they stand in the process. So um, if it's quite early, um, if they don't have a, a, a operation uh, on the ground or in Europe, um, it uh, makes sense to contact our service unit, which is uh, Kensativa Services, and elaborate on um, the right uh, strategy to enter the market um, and to start like the market access part of the business. Um, if people are already um, up and running with a UGMP certified um, supply chain, um, best case would be uh, somewhere in the European Union, then uh, this could be um, very fast forward and directly connected um, to us as a B2B platform um, within our Kansativa Health uh, realm. But anyhow, um, they should go to our website, uh, contact us, and we'll be connected um, to either our business development team or our uh, Kansativa services team. Okay, so, you know, that would be excellent. What What's the URL for anybody who wants to learn more? So easiest way is to go on um, uh, kansativagroup.com um, or .de or go uh, directly on kansativa.de. Um, anyway, you will find, um, you can navigate through the websites. Um, um, yeah, disregarding on, on which side you land, there are um, English uh, versions uh, of all of the, the um, yeah. um, uh, URLs. Okay. Well, fantastic. So anybody who's looking to learn more, cansativa.de is probably the simplest of the destinations to visit. And there's lots to be learned about entering the uh, German market, let alone entering the European market, which is going to have its a whole myriad of challenges as well. Gents, thanks for joining us this week on the Green Peak. It was very informative. And uh, I think, you know, I wish you well. I think there's a lot to be done and a lot to be grown, no pun intended. Um, in this space over the next few years. Thanks for coming aboard. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And thanks to everybody for listening. I'm Richard Zwicky on The Green Peak, and we'll be back with you again next week. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.